I have to start off the bat by apologizing because Michael's precognitive abilities have finally caught up to us, and I'm I might just go and invest in Game Stock. It's possible. You're not gonna what? Because uh, there are individuals on the planet who are claiming that you can cure COVID by drinking your own urine. Courtney, try it. Okay. Jonah, <laughs> give me some piss. Piss in my mouth right now. Here we go. Not his pee. There, the claim is, is that the Lord provides everything that you need oh. in times of crisis. So if you just, you know, upcycle, as John would say, then you you can cure any disease through the love of the Lord. Well, you see, he I guess giveth. that explains why it hasn't worked. Yeah, he giveth and he taketh. You know. Yeah, and how do you know which is which? <laughs> <laughs> Some of us are gifted with children, and uh, they, they take it your balls, and uh, you just and your money. And then you got to wear a cone over your and neck. Speaking of, like... uh, of holy, righteous gemstones is still funny. I'm doing a rewatch, and Shane, if you have not watched it, you definitely need to, just for uh, baby, baby Uncle Billy. I need to watch what? <laughs> what who, who? Where? You need to watch Righteous Gemstones. Well, you do, and you'll clean it up. But. Uh, I've righteous all of my gemstones. <laughs> that show's so triggering because it's so accurate. So fucking good. Wait, John Goodman? I, I do love seeing John Goodman in a pompadour, yeah. <laughs> John Goodman is fine, but Goggins is in it and blows Goodman out of the water. <laughs> mm. Goggins does a, a lot of blowing, and it has very little to do with the fact that uh, he was transgendered on Sons of Anarchy. But He was, and people try to forget. No, and he was, was the most delightful character on the entirety of that show. That character made me cry. And we're documented here. It's on the record. I do that often, but Goggins put me over the top watching that show. It was oh, brilliant. Yeah. Well, speaking of the plight of the commoner, uh, for instance, swallowing various bodily fluids, Heil comes, Slingers, and welcome to another disturbing installment of this, the Disinformed Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm John. I'm Michael. I'm Courtney. And true if big, we are still fairly furry this week, yeah? I haven't even shaved in preparation for this episode. Mm. No, I'm just lazy as shit. <laughs> scene generally unkept and yet uh you know you're just exploding all over twitter these days yeah i try of, michael can look i look at you getting a hobby uh, can i borrow 45 dollars michael do you have a spare 45 dollars that i can have nope i'll tapped out not anymore <laughs> little did we know stepdaughter's the goddamn loch ness monster <laughs> 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 I'm sorry that you have a uh, very short thief in your house. <laughs> <laughs> Did she at least like buy something good with the forty five dollars? I don't remember. It was probably some stupid shit for a mobile game, like a hundred V bucks or something. I don't know what the kids do nowadays. I was, I was gonna jokes say, on... don't you besperch destiny like that, John? I was gonna say jokes on you. <laughs> she probably like downloaded Bet MGM and she's doing like, she's, like <laughs> she plays sports bet. betting. <laughs> yeah. No, that's no, why she... she needed my. That's why she needed her mom's birth date so she could put in that she's over twenty one. It makes exactly. all the sense now. This goes all the way to the top. She probably has Man, like I several thought... hundred thousand dollars from just like random bets that she has, and it's like no, no, no. I thought she was following her prospective uncle and buying crypto. Ooh, uh, invest in that crypto. 
You know, I've always wanted to be a bookie, and now I don't know who to call if I need a client. (laughs) She shows up at your door with a hammer. It's like, (laughs) you better pay up or else it's your kneecaps. (laughs) She's in prime position to get them, too. Have we already Uh, compared your stepdaughter to the the little toddler in the Will Ferrell sketch? The the landlord sketch? Oh, my God. That one's so funny. Where it's just that little little girl. (laughs) I want my money. Where is the rent? She's That's slightly so older than than two, but yeah. you know, close enough. She'd still do that though. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And Courtney, don't lie. We know you're a bookie. I follow your Goodreads profile. I know what you're up to. Fair enough. Okay. Well, let's just leave that dead on the floor there, exactly where it belongs. Much like the content of this show. Michael likes to have clean cuts. He does. Yeah. yeah. Easy. It's well, a perfect about segue. To start. I just picked up these scissors, so give me a second. Um, In any event, what we typically do on this show is we will delve into random esoteric topics, and in the course of explaining them to one another, we will lie. Occasionally. Just leaven them in. Like Little fluff and fold. And, uh, you know, that's part of the fun of this show, is that you, you get to try to ferret out the fact from the fiction as you listen. But we will not allow you to leave disinformed. Oh, no, no, no. We'll have a little denouement at the end of the show. We'll give you what we lied about. And so that way you have to re-listen to the entire thing to remember what you actually should have learned. And nobody wins. No, not once. There's no hugging. And there's no learning. <laughs> there is... In app purchasing, though, as we've learned, <laughs> we're unveiling our uh, in-app store. Actually, that you can buy all sorts of things that, like, funny catchphrases and uh, John's various used. Never mind. Were you gonna say condoms? Because I don't wear condoms. <laughs> <laughs> Not once. We've learned this. That's why it's. I was gonna on say the verge of falling off. Used I don't even use the but. Thing. I don't I even guess. use the thing anymore. I forgot. Ew, what it looks like. uh, <laughs> uh, you can do the wipe jar. off the fart jars. Damn it! That's what I should have said. John selling his fart jars because that's a thing. Nope, Lord... that'll give you a heart attack. Don't do it. <laughs> or his Wait, gamer fart water. Jar? Hold on, before before <laughs> a fart jar and a heart attack. What? <laughs> <laughs> Michael, you want to take this one? Uh, I don't fart know jar. anything about a heart attack, but there's a person oh. that made fifty grand selling her no, farts and jars. I know so... that. You, Janice. (laughs) (laughs) She made over $200,000 selling. It was 50 jars of farts a week. And it gave her like heart palpitations. And she went into the emergency room for possible heart attack. So she had to stop. Firstly, how does one trap a butterfly? (laughs) (laughs) Secondly, homegirl must have racked up like. Pleasure on credit over at Taco Bell, because you got to really consume a significant amount of calories in order to get that much exhaust. I guess we're just feeling chatty. You just reminded me of something that I did that was questionable today that I wanted to talk to Courtney about. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay. I, I have the final thing on my list, though, not to sorry, before you sorry, get yeah, too yeah, far yeah, ahead, because third and finally, why are we doing it doggy style? All those <laughs> questions and more will be answered in today's episode so, but john go well, she's ahead. got that sort of a gas gun pointed at you that's dangerous territory i don't know what's happening anyway john no, please so you're speaking of gas and i was mm-hmm. thinking about how every day you can gamble uh with your life and parts of your body if you choose to and that i was at qt 
and I saw that they had taquitos. And oh I, yeah, they're delicious. I'm mm. a sucker for them, but again, it's a gamble. Gas station food, anything on a roller, it's not a good play. But they had yeah. a limited flavor. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and I wanted Go to on. ask Courtney to describe what a kung pao chicken uh, taquito would be like. Because I tried it so that you guys didn't have to, and it was fine, but it was almost offensively flavored. I feel like that would taste like internalized racism and cultural appropriation. Yeah. MSG? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But for... From the foodie, what is like a kung pao seasoning? Like what what makes a quote unquote kung pao? Uh, if you pull it hard enough, <laughs> friction don't mostly. Quote me on this, but I'm fairly certain that kung pao is from the Sichuan region of China. So usually it's going to be like a sweet, sour, and a little bit of like a numbing spice. Oh. Um, okay, I know so all about be, that numbing spice. Yeah, <laughs> it would be along the lines of like sweet and spicy. But I think it's also it might be American Chinese food, so probably lean more towards the sweet, especially if you're getting it in a taquito <laughs> QT. Yeah. Man, uh, you know the most dangerous of all the quick trip foods though is they actually had a bean and cheese taquito that they marketed, and even I was like, that might be a bit beyond the pale for me. Yeah, you don't draw like the line diarrhea at like the bomb in a tortilla. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't need to squeeze my soul <laughs> out of my ass. <laughs> It's a guaranteed edema with every bite. Ooh. <laughs> anyway, thanks for indulging me. I was just, uh, I feel fine, but you, you Was it good? Me... <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> so you liked uh, define, it. Define good. <laughs> well, he had an erection for at least 45 minutes after taking it. Well, it's good well thing that was the white tiger pills he bought at the gas station as well. <laughs> if midnight mass is good... It was True Blood. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It was tasty, but it was just very unsatisfying. Do we need to get Sookie back up here? (laughs) Sookie. (laughs) We'll get Becky back on the show. She can do her line again. Oh, she's she's alive and well with that. We're in season four. (laughs) Fucking stupid. Speaking I got three stupid. episodes into that show and I had to tap out. So. Oh, it's, it's fucking garbage. And it's not sexy hot garbage. It's just garbage. No, no. I was very confused. Do a little shimmy. Get this jacket <laughs> mm, Okay. We're being treated to well, a show. Michael, I don't know if you can tell, but we're slightly reticent to get our fur on again. All but right. uh, I'm, I'm ready for your efforts. Yeah, what speaking what of have silly. we got? Okay. Uh, so Give us the elevator pitch from last week so we can catch, catch those up, up yeah, who yeah. may not be familiar with what happened. Almost Thanks certainly. Thanks for asking. Like um, John. Yeah. That I, I literally Says planned the guy all... who's asking for it. Yeah, for you. Uh, because I'm running the fucking show, you mook. <laughs> <laughs> That's God. offensive. God I damn. I a long line of mooks. <laughs> Shut up, you fat fuck. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Michael, go. There are six lies today. All right, so in the last episode, we covered what the furry fandom is, some some common misconceptions, and then dug deep into where the fandom came from, starting with funny animal literature of the 19th century and expanding into early Disney fan clubs, we found that Disney kept depriving those who enjoyed funny animal cartoons of something more adult, something more mature. While Disney and like America, Mickey, <laughs> Mickey's taking a shot at Minnie. 
Yeah, I mean, like a... we kind of covered that with the, uh, what was it, the Air Pirates funnies, but yes. Take my gloves off! <laughs> Yeah, uh, something. Sorry, yeah, allow yeah, me yeah. to <laughs> insert my goofy laugh again. <laughs> Thank you. I've been a dirty little mouse. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I did read in part of my preparation for this. I did read at least part of the first issue of Air Pirates Funnies, and it is no. exactly like that. Um, don't, I think. Don't yes. Fucking lie, Michael. You're still. You're still reading. You're still. No, watching. no. It was. It was a bit much when they brought out a caterpillar that had. Uh, genitalia for every like two legs. Well, now you're just being ableist. Uh. <laughs> Furthermore, we've proven uh, Michael's got that uh, you know once every two months shotgun blast accumulated. Yeah, so, so I'll true. I'll wait until that time is up to read it through again just to just to make sure I'm not un- I'm not biased in any way, shape, or form. It's reasonable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. While Disney and American censorship prevented fans from seeing stuff closer to their age, Japanese animation like Kimba the White Lion helped fill the gap, even if it was terribly censored for American audiences. Mm. Thus, independent artists and cartoonists sought to fix the problem themselves by going way over the top and producing underground funny animal comics with an X, whether by placing animals in mature situations like Fritz the Cat or by deliberately satirizing Disney characters in adult situations like air pirate funnies as i previously mentioned Mm -hmm. from there the fandom got more inclusive by giving more people the opportunity to contribute to the fandom through submitting their artwork and fiction to amateur press associations like voodie and rao brazel that doesn't that sounds made up that name what rao brazel what the fuck is that it's, he talked about it last yeah, week. Come yeah, on. yeah, yeah, yeah. You were paying attention i wasn't he stumbled over it seven times i mean for fuck's sake i'm just Trying something new, so that's actually probably what it sounds like. Not like rah 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 rah, as I probably pronounced it. Oh, last I time. remember that now. Yeah, see, oh. see exactly. Yeah, yeah. Listen, well, can you acknowledge on air that you're taking my uh, advice after oh, having yes, yeah. tested that? So we tested last week, um, where I don't stare at their faces while I'm trying to read, and magically I have a lot better pronunciation. So that's what I'm so, doing. Strangely this week. enough, attention deficit disorder can be curbed. <laughs> huh. It's almost like I I'm can't... a doctor now, by the way, <laughs> in case you didn't know. Your your publication will be coming out next week? Indeed. I, I drank the blood of some people, mm. and now I'm a doctor. There you go. Yay. That is how it works. That's mm-hmm. why I uh, am still in college, because I haven't taken that step yet. You'll True get blood. there someday, bud. <sighs> One day, maybe after Sookie, I'm dead. can you feel my influence? I am rock hard right now. <laughs> like taquito hard? Oh I no, am, harder. I am, He's teriyaki hard right now. I am gas station taquito hard right now. He's going to put that pow into that chicken. <laughs> Did you do like pick it up with the tongs and kind of flop it around to make sure it was really crispy? No, yeah. he just went full in with his dick. <laughs> no, that thing was hard enough you could break out of Shawshank prison with it. <laughs> I can feel it poking in, in my, inside of my stomach right now. <laughs> You're supposed to chew it, not swallow it whole. Uh, <laughs> not where he comes from. Uh, fair enough. Fair What's enough. That something something dick stuck in toaster. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Instructions unclear. Stuck dick in toaster. Choaster. 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 It's like a chode and a toaster. A choaster. Yes. That is uh, the next Rob Zombie album that's coming out in 2022. Didn't Limp Bizkit already do that album? 
Yep. It's, it's part yeah, of it's his new, new, new metal. It's an yeah. entirely separate new, new. concept genre. No, no, no. It's new, new, new. He's going three do, layers now. Do the new, new, new. <laughs> At around the same time as Voodie and Rao Brazel, uh, clubs centered around appreciation for Japanese works began to form. In particular, the Cartoon Fantasy Organization, or CFO, was founded in the Los Angeles area in 1977 for those who enjoyed works by Tezuka Omasu, the person that did Kim of the White Lion, and then also Astro Boy. Mm-hmm. Quick question. Yes. Not to completely continue to derail you, but I really, inquiring minds need to know, what that booty do? Uh, only doggy style. Only. Why? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's part of the contract. Okay. Uh, you would know if you stopped chunking. <laughs> Hashtag never stop chunking. <laughs> Don't stop the chunking. Hold on to that chunking. Um, so... Because I enjoyed reading out my section titles, uh, this next section, uh, this isn't even my final furry form. Mm. What episode of Behind the Bastards are we pulling this from? <laughs> so <laughs> I was just going to ask that. <laughs> this is actually not from Behind the Bastards. Oh. Uh, I, I actually, it. I, I actually was inspired to do this based off of a other YouTube channel, a YouTube channel that I've used for Mother Horse Eyes. And I think one other episode, but I can't remember his name, is, or it's called um, Down the Rabbit Hole uh, by Frederick Knutson. Dirty. Uh, Knutson. I said that wrong the last fucking time, too. Um, but I specifically waited a long time to write this episode so that I wasn't influenced directly from his work. Um, ah. But I did proof. Wa- I, I watched it after I was done uh, writing the episode earlier today, and I found that a lot of my stuff syncs up and... It was so. It just so happened to do that. But strange connectivity as well, because I was hired by uh, you know Jeffrey Lebowski in order to to go find his daughter. Her life was in your hands, dude. It was unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> I is that a big Lebowski reference? Because I still yeah, haven't seen that movie. But Bunny Lebowski is is Fawn Knudsen. In case you're not familiar, but that was the thread that I was missing. Excellent. I'm staying here. I'm finishing my coffee. <laughs> with the funny, or I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. With the funny animal fandom assuming its final furry fandom form. Well done. It was time for enthusiasts to group together and meet in person at the NorEastCon Two World Science Fiction Convention because they really like their names and titles for conventions. Um, in Boston on August 29th, 1980, a man named Steve. Galaxy, uh, an Air Force ace pilot, presented early arc artwork for a comic anthology that he would later call Albedo, featuring a funny animal character in a realistic high-tech military setting. Um, his science fiction artwork presentation, drawing on his experience with military technology, led to a gathering of fans who would discuss his work. This informal Galaxy group followed Steve to other science fiction conventions as he continued to expand his work, culminating in his first issue of Albedo, Anthropomorphics, in 1984. So fucking proud of you, bud. Yeah, it, it's, it's working. It's working. <laughs> You're um, doing it, Peter. Uh, it's all coming together. Um, also, there had been three pen and paper role-playing games published under this IP, 
I can look more into that if we are all interested. We I'm can... going to call bullshit on that. No, that is true. Oh. We can do some role playing as as some furry, funny animal characters. You know, let's not and say we did because oh, there's only so much yeah. pornography I can subject oh, my parents to. Fine. So this group, the Galaxy Group, and then the other groups that I mentioned in the previous episode, um, the CFO and the Ralph Brazel APA, uh, they begin to intermingle. Uh, during the San Diego Comic-Con convention in 1985, both the CFO and the Ralph Brazel APA hosted, hosted parties in the same hotel with overlapping attendance. So people were part of both groups. Uh, there these... were orgies? No, not yet. I think that's uh, what you're trying to say. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> Uh, they do move in herds, though. They do. Uh, these parties were so successful that it became a tradition to have at least one furry party during the San Diego Comic-Con. Um, more recently, this party has actually been given a name uh, called the San Dago Comic-Con. No. <laughs> That's a terrible name. That Michael made that up. Yeah, I made that shit up. <laughs> We've been reading way too many of his tweets. We're starting to get hip to his lingo. Oh, shit. <laughs> Um, you played yourself. <laughs> yeah, no, that that was a lie. I, when Diego, I was like, it's too close to Dago. It, it's corny as shit, but I have to do it. Uh, Nose actually called several other things. Um, they were called Critter Con Diego, or or and or uh, Califer Diego, Califer. Yeah, cauliflower. Yeah. No, 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 oh. no, not cauliflower. Like Cali <laughs> fur. Yeah. I've so it turned out yours CACs. wasn't the worst one then. Oof. <laughs> I mean, thank I you, but oof. Yeah, no, Sandago Comic-Con, that sounds like ass. Um, I'm Why just... are you still doing a doggy style? <laughs> well, we haven't gotten Sorry, to that I'm, point yet. <laughs> I'm running that joke into the ground. Say, good Lord. Care. That's you don't fine. Get to choose your jokes just like you don't get to choose your family, right, Shane? Indeed. When they present themselves, you do it doggy. <laughs> As long as it isn't chunking, it's fine. Is he presenting uh, himself to me? Why is why are they presenting? Um, if you scratch the small of their back, they just arch that way. You can't help it. Oh, they're in heat. Um, that same year at Westercon Science Fiction Convention in Sacramento, California, Mark Merlino, one of the founders of the CFO. And others hosted a room party, naming it the Prancing Skill Tear Party, after the name of Merlino's house, who would frequently host other furries at his residence. Mm. Also, just FYI, a skill tear is an intelligent weasel of Mark Merlino's design. Uh, so it's it's kind of like a almost a humanoid weasel, but not necessarily. It just looks like a weasel that's standing upright and wearing outfits. So, so, like the one in the new uh, DC movie that came out recently that was horrifying? Oh, Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad, yeah. I the wouldn't weasel. know because I never yeah. saw it. I was going to say, y'all aren't Roger Rabbit fans and it shows. True. I'm trying to think. I don't know. Was there a weasel in Roger? Who framed Roger Rabbit? The, the, it was the, the gang that Christopher... Oh, Lloyd... yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, the, the gangsters, the OGs, all that mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. You're right. I'm kind hip. of kind of like that, actually. Fairly, fairly similar. Uh let's see here. Because yeah, the oh. weasel in Suicide Squad did not wear a shirt and licked everything vigorously. Oh, it was so gross. Logan's girlfriend hot. has a dog that looks identical to it. 
That's to <laughs> cast aspersions at Logan's <laughs> dear girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't like, wear her shirt eyes are firmly she... ensconced in her head. Thank you. Oh, I no. thought you were going to say she doesn't wear a shirt and Charlotte's she likes everything. <laughs> I mean, like... I haven't seen her shirtless, but I'm sure it's delightful. Uh. <laughs> Logan. Godspeed. Yeah. Godspeed. You know. uh, More power to you. Merlino's <laughs> prancing skill tear is the first furry commune founded in Orange County in September 1983 when Merlino and several others had moved in. While Merlino was a permanent resident of the house, many people would move in for a short while, usually about four to six rotating fans. While not all identified as furries, all were fans of various meeting... <laughs> you waved and I glanced over and I said meeting instead of media. No, it's, it's oscillating. <laughs> that's, that's the appropriate term, Michael. Fine. Oscillating I can't do fans. this today. This is too much. Fuck. You might just turn me off, my friend. Uh, like Steve, an oscillating fan. Uh, Steve Jobs didn't die for this. <laughs> While not all identified as furries, all were fans of various media like science fiction, comics, anime, Doctor Who, and other similar works. Additionally, the Prancing Skill Tear was the headquarters for Conference and later Califer. So both conventions that we will get into in a moment. Mm. Uh, anyway, the furry animal movie Anna- Animal Olympics, created by a Steven Lisberger, I think that's how you pronounce his last name, the creator of the film Tron. Um, was shown at this WesterCon party along with some Warner Brothers short cartoons. Collections of furry artwork and other short stories were displayed for people to peruse. Visitors to the party were intrigued by the art, and some even revealed sketchbooks and collections of their own. The party was so successful that the following 1986 WesterCon in San Diego was the first to be openly called a furry party. Mark Merlino began to host similar events at conventions all over California. After several more years of successful parties, Merlino and company felt it was time to step it up and hosted a prototype convention for furry fans. Conference Zero was hosted at the Holiday Inn Bristol Plaza in Costa Mesa, California, Mm. from January 21st to the 22nd. In 1889, with a total. Why did I say that? I keep looking at you guys. Is that a lie? I keep looking at you guys to gauge reactions, and I keep losing my spot. Um, Okay, don't care about us. We we can entertain ourselves here. Yeah, I sure hope so. We've proven nothing if not that. (laughs) Um, so it was that misspelled. 1989. Yes, 1989. January. Worst lie ever. Yeah, yeah, that. My God! Uh, we broke out the covered wagons. We fought off some invading hordes, and then we had ourselves a furry convention. <laughs> <laughs> but not before the dysentery got us. It's because most of the attendees were actual fucking animals. <laughs> oh, Let's God. see. Yes, yeah, so it was hosted uh, January twenty first to the twenty second, nineteen eighty nine. Boom! With a total of sixty five attendees. Uh, Despite the low numbers, it was considered a success, and a special note was made regarding two attendees who dressed up as anthropomorphic animals, one in leather fetish gear and the other using a furry tail butt plug of their own design. Lies. (laughs) Which one? (laughs) Uh, I'm I'm going butt plug first, but uh, 
you've gone to great lengths to tell us that we're not to fetishize these folks. So I doubt the progenitors of the movement would have been fetishistic. So the butt plug is a lie. (laughs) But the leather fetish gear was not. Um, They actually have video from that convention. um, And the person was wearing leather fetish gear. Not a full gimp suit. Okay. All right, but but they you know, also had a tail and a um, head, uh, uh, an animal head. Can I uh, can I petition for merch for us as well that says the butthole is or the butt plug is a lie? It's <laughs> <laughs> reasonable, and also this gives us the answer to the age old question that in fact, young men, there is a place you can go. <laughs> yeah, there was there was no mention of a of a furry butt plug. Um, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't want to bite. I'm sorry. I mean, it's it's popular today. Let's let's not get too far afield. Uh, there, but yes, it happens a lot. You're most certainly right. That's why I threw that in there. Um, but yes, there were two people out of the 65 that did have very early ideas of fur suiting. Mm-hmm. Um, the first real furry convention, because the previous one was a prototype. Uh, Conference one was held at the same Holiday Inn. Uh, from January 26th to the 28th, 1990. Attendance doubled to 130 that year. Every oh. subsequent year, attendance increased until 1998's Conference 9, with over 1,200 in attendance. You know what happened that uh, broke that one up, though? I actually do, and we'll be covering that soon. Oh, The Undertaker throwing uh, Mankind off the top of Hell in a Cell? hmm Yeah. That actually happened in that Holiday Inn. Okay. Yeah. I said stop the damn match. It really was family. my only... He did yeah. have... He had a family. Not anymore. Uh, it was uh, in 1990, down, wasn't it? It was. All the way through the announce table. Mm-hmm. In fact, it knocked his butt plug out. <laughs> I think it did more than that. <laughs> I think it knocked it back in. Um, no, it actually... The, the butt plug was sticking out of his nostril by the time he had uh, made it to the ground. It was terrible. It went through Horrible a journey. A terrible, terrible journey. Uh, in 1993, the term fursuit was coined for the fursuit mailing, mailing list for those who wish to create full-body anthropomorphic animal costumes. And later, conferences held fursuit contests and dances. Other furry conventions that sprung up during the 90s was 1994's Furtasticon, later named Conference East in 1995, even though it wasn't connected in any way with Conference. That's an important point to make for later on. 1992 saw the first British furry convention uh, named the Great British Fur Con in Surrey, England. It was later named House Con, as most of the planning took place in the home of Ian Curtis. Uh, bullshit on Great British Fur Con. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to give a couple of of funny... I I appreciate it. I like it. That's great. Yeah. Um, No, it was called the First British Furry Microcon because it was hosted over the weekend at the home of Ian Curtis, uh, and only a dozen people attended. Um. I think there was a science uh, fiction convention that was close by, and so he reached out to people that were in the area, and it's like, hey, you know, come party at my house afterwards. Can you really call that a convention? He did. I I was like, I can't say I had an orgy if it's me laying on a field of 12 uh, magazines. Like, it doesn't really work that way. I hate to tell you. Well, it's an orgy for those magazines. The paper cuts. Good Lord. 
They're very moist. Jesus. Michael, are you going to talk about how much money these people spend on some of this stuff? Just out of curiosity. No. Um, I do know that it can rack up a pretty penny, especially if you get really good materials. If you have, if pretty much you could either build it yourself, um, or you can pay someone to build it. There are people that do that for a living. Um, but those are like very nice fabrics, like I like stuff you can't even dry clean. So I would assume that it would be a lot. Um, spitballing. How do you know this? There, I, Did you I have, have a fursuit that you needed to dry clean later? You due think to I can afford a fursuit <laughs> or dry cleaning? <laughs> Is it forty five dollars? He knows this because Tyler knows this. Yeah. Um, no, I, that probably came up over the course of the, how many sources do I have now? Um, 807. 54 so- sources. Holy so, crap. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm quite proud of this, of this, uh, topic. Um, and topic. it was, it was probably the most fun I ever had writing a topic just because I, it was interesting to read so many different sources, so much nuance in it. Uh, I could go on for hours about it. I'm not going to. It's Thank the you. Hoboken of uh, esoteric topics. Mm-hmm. No, I think heavy water is the Hoboken of esoteric topics. But you, you've never been happier to perform a podcast. Oh well, that's different. I, I was more talking about being never happier been to happy. die. Um. Oh, let's see here. Uh, Euroference one was held in June 1995 near Hamburg, Germany. Uh, it's just a bunch of French women that didn't shave. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> That's where you live. Conducted on a nude is. beach in uh, the south of France. It was actually just two people, and they decided, "Fuck it, they'll call it a convention." <laughs> Why were they doing a doggy style? Well, at the nude beach, you can do whatever you want, uh, except for no. Yeah, only doggy style. Only doggy style. Well, in keeping with the French spirit, he was about to come. And he's like, I give up. <laughs> he's, wow. he's about, he he waved the wrong white flag. Um, one of the largest current furry conventions in the United States, Anthrocon, got its start in Albany, New York, in July 1997. While some of these conventions were started the old-fashioned way, by word of mouth and through APAs and fanzines, the second British convention, called UK FurCon, was organized entirely over the internet. And that goes into my next section. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's the early internet. (laughs) I think you just killed Shane. (laughs) (sighs) I give up. <laughs> Much like a Frenchman on a nude beach. I can't continue. He's waving the wrong white flag. That's right. The furry fandom was one of the first groups to utilize the internet to communicate with each other. Uh-huh. In- <laughs> In- <laughs> In fact, some members of the furry fandom were using precursors to the internet all the way back in 1983. Uh, called the Bulletin Board System, or BBS. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Shane might remember BBSs back in his youth, right? <laughs> yeah, after... I was 67 years old. You better bet your damn bippy that I remember. Yeah, they, they came out with that right after they uh, invented the wheel, right? Yes, as I recall. <laughs> the initial internet was a couple cans strung together with some uh, interesting wax and cellophane. And let's yeah. not forget the, uh, how drastically your life improved when the railroad came through. Oh, that yes. Was big. Yeah. So do you, uh, uh, not to digress, but we do it so well. Have you ever watched the, the Rainmaker, the John Grisham book that was converted to a film? Scott Matt Damon is the, is the lead. Nope. <laughs> really fantastic. But so he's a law student who's trying to become an attorney. Danny DeVito is kind of his mentor, which is delightful. It's an exquisitely done film. But uh, at one point, he's helping a woman draft up a will. And she's talking about... <laughs> How she doesn't want to leave anything to the children. She just wants to leave everything to this, you know, nice uh, pastor of a super church that she saw on the television because he's, you know, such a good man and he's doing it all for God. But uh, he's like, are you sure you don't want to leave anything for your children? Because some of these folks are a bit unscrupulous. And she's like, oh, no, no, no. I'm not going to leave them nothing. They don't have no respect. Cut, cut, cut. (laughs) <laughs> and that phrase every single time we hit one of these impasses is the first thing cut, that springs cut, to mind cut, every time cut, i look cut, at michael's cut. face it's just cut 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 <laughs> cool <laughs> to be brief as covering pre-internet online communication in its entirety would be several episodes long a bbs is a and computer- a lot of al gore let's not forget <laughs> He did invent the internet, and it is a series of tubes in a box. Yes. I think those are the two main main jokes associated with that. Mm -hmm. Um, A BBS is a computer server that allows users to connect to the system using a terminal. Once accessed, users can interact with other users through public message boards and sometimes through direct chatting. The user can also upload and download data from these servers, but at very, very slow speeds. In the early 80s, that speed was about 1,200 to 2,400 bits per second. That translates to about 150 to 300 bytes per second, meaning it would take, because numbers, uh, it would take about two hours to download our Season 3 logo, or about 30 hours to download our intro music. Uh, having attempted to access pornography in my teens can confirm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I made a pretty nasty book that way. Yeah, you remember told us that story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The binder of shame, as we called it. Yeah. Literally, I was thinking that when I was typing it up. I'm like, oh yeah, John's gonna get this. Hmm. Different kind of binding than the gimp suit, though. Mm-hmm. Very oh, much. Those so. are the those are the days. Well, they're both <laughs> coded in the same. Anyway, uh, yeah. after, after the intro, oh, I'm sorry. Those were the bathroom spackling days. Sorry. Mm -hmm. No, no, that's what I was going for. (laughs) All right. Uh, The first BBS to eventually see furry content started out as a general science fiction BBS called the Tiger's Den. Uh, It was founded in Los Angeles in 1982 and was brought to Mark Merlino's prancing skill tear, his house, when Merlino and company initially moved into the house. So, September 1983. After the introduction of the first furry storyboard the puma's room by ken sample another big name in the furry fandom at the time in early 1983 it began to attract more furry participants than non-furries not too long after its introduction to the prancing skill tear the tiger's den was almost exclusively dedicated to furry storyboards 
The Tiger's Den was operational for the rest of the BBS era, going offline in 1996, following the collapse of the BBS market in 95. Mm, That was due to the publication of Puma Pants, as I recall. (laughs) Puma in my pants. So, Um, just Puma Pants. Tiger's Den and Puma Room? That's a little predatory, don't you think? I mean, it wasn't Tiger Beat. (laughs) I mean, uh, a lot of... We might get into that later. I, I'll just I'll just say that we it might it might come up later. Um, I have to explain my joke now that those are big cats, which are predators. No, that actually was what I was going to get into. So never mind. <laughs> he was going to mansplain. I it. killed that joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, with the rise of the internet as we know today, which is what contributed to the fall of the BBS era, uh, the furry fandom transitioned away from BBSs to an even better acronym, MUCKS, or MUDS, depending on who you talk to. MUCKS. M-U-K, I'm sorry, I can't spell. (laughs) M-U-C-K. I am so smart. I am so smart. S-M-R-T. I mean (laughs) S-M-A-R-T. Uh, which leads into my next section. Man, I just mucked all over the screen. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you do, you'll clean it up. I, I better. And uh, I intend uh, to. Otherwise, they'll crust. A muck is a online role-playing game that is usually text-based and assess- accessible, not accessible, accessible. <laughs> <laughs> you will spit <laughs> is tasty LaCroix. Yeah, it's fucking fancy ass bougie ass LaCroix. <laughs> I was about to get real upset. <laughs> no. I was about to black bury your ass. Oh god. <sighs> well let's see. Uh, assess it. Please. Usually You're the county assessor. And accessible through Telnet, an application to access and interact with the internet. Um Let's see here. It is, like I said, text-based, which means it does not have a graphic user interface. So it is like old-fashioned computers where everything you have to type in everything through command lines. Mm, And Um, no gaping. And no gaping. No GUIs. Preferably no gaping. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you can help it. But the upside over BBSs is that it can connect to anyone through the internet, whereas BBSs are more restricted to local users. Uh, pretty much those who can physically access these servers. Uh-huh, because BBS stands for Big Bathroom Spackle, as mm-hmm. we've learned. Yes, yes, yes. What the acronym MUX stands for is disputed, but several possible expansions are user or multi-user created kingdom, multi-user chat kingdom, multi-user chat room keeper, and multi-user construction kit. They all <laughs> sound wrong to me. Well, one of them is... <laughs> I mean, naturally, you enlists, but I, I wasn't going to wildly uh, flail. But go the ahead. The Kingdom Every- one. No, that one. Both of them are true. It was the uh, chat room keeper. Um, <laughs> I originally wanted to call it client, but with a K. Uh, but I, I, I knew that that would be too obvious. And mm-hmm. the temptation of a lie within a list was too great for me. I couldn't resist it. Obviously, yes. yes. But the other three, the multi-user created kingdom, chat kingdom, and construction kit are all true. Construction kingdom sounds just That's the one very that Sopranos. Up, yeah. The yeah. construction kit, not kingdom. Oh, well, even better. Yes. Uh, the first exclusively furry muck, named Furry Muck, Mm-mm. was Mm-mm. created... Mm-mm. I'm, I'm sorry to give you that visual. Um, 
It was created in November. November. <laughs> November. Can I tell you what I'm envisioning, though, Michael? Because isn't yes. there a Pokemon named Muck? Yes. And it's like it's a pile re- of mud? Yes. It's spelled M-U-K. Yeah. That's yes. what I'm picturing, because you said originally M-U-K, and now I'm just picturing that covered in fur, and now I'm upset. Uh. I'm just picturing anybody who's ever owned a long-haired dog. <laughs> We've all had to deal with that pain. Interesting. Interesting. That's not great. <laughs> so, Muck was created Mm-mm. in November 1990 by... Still no. I'm not going to repeat the name. <laughs> it was created in November 1990 by several furries living at the furry home at Squirrel Hill, a furry no. commune Mm-mm. started by uh, Carnegie Mellon students. No. Yes, Carnegie Mellon. That's that's a university. She takes uh, your university Pittsburgh. and raises you a no. <laughs> it was created by these furries living in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It eventually moved into the Bay Area in late 92 uh, as the students who run the muck found jobs in Silicon Valley. Uh, it was users on furry muck. No. no. Yeah, I thought Not you were going to say that. I was trying to interrupt. Um, it was users <laughs> on this muck uh, who organized the UK FurCon entirely online, as I mentioned earlier. In fact, it occurred over the same weekend as HouseCon 4, because it's not just enough to have one microcon. He had to keep having them. Uh, leading to accusations that UK FurCon was trying to hijack fans from HouseCon. It was later agreed upon that these events coincided completely by accident as there was a lack of communication between furries on this muck and non-internet furry fans. <laughs> this miscommunication is important because it shows that the fandom had grown large enough that not all furries were aware of and know of each other. It also highlights the differences between those in the furry fandom. Some interact primarily online, whereas others still use the amateur press associations and other types of analog media. And some back alleyways. Mostly back alleyways. Word of mouth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, doggy style. Mm -hmm. Uh, Regardless of how it is done, or go doggy style, uh, furry fans enjoyed meeting up at the rapidly growing furry conventions to share their artwork, to roleplay, and to just have a good time. However it started to become clear that some furry fans' definition of fun was getting a bit out of hand. Grr. And then, John might appreciate this uh, this section title. It's all about the he said, she said bullshit. I do appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Pronounced the butt. I also like tennis. It's all about the he said, she said the butt. And he also likes tennis. She said the butt. Yeah, it's actually, it's debit. Yeah. Oh, Okay, okay. He said credit, she said debit. Got it. Um, <laughs> Paper or plastic? Debut. Um, <laughs> I can't fit these groceries up there, sir, but I'll try. I'll give it the good old college try. A schism had been growing within the furry fandom during the 1990s, reaching a boiling point following the 1997 Conference 8. With convention attendance breaking records every year, furry, uh, I'm sorry, Conference 8 had more than 1,000 registered for the three-and-a-half-day convention, and it quickly gained a reputation where the staff did little to enforce 
inappropriate public behavior. Now, I couldn't find any records of actual incidents that occurred during this convention. Any sources I could find on this convention were either heavily biased against furries in general or were hearsay. Of the many sources I read through to ascertain what went down, I disregarded any obviously biased sources that overgeneralized the furry fandom in general, um, such as labeling all furries as sexual degenerates. I oh, couldn't it's tell the you Fox how many news approach as we've all come to terms with it. Yeah, this is this is where it took me a long time to try and figure out what was going on because a lot of news articles at the time decided to just overgeneralize and just say, "Oh yeah, there's a bunch of sexual degenerates meeting at this hotel or something for a convention." And I'm like, "That doesn't give me anything to work with. Thank you for just letting your biases take over." So you had to fluff the fur to find the facts. <sighs> yeah. I had to search through a lot of fur. It's a fruitful search. And I still, I'm sorry, Shane, but I still couldn't figure out why they did it doggy style. No one can, other Mm -hmm. than, you know, ease of access. And that's just the way it is. The best record I could find was a conversation that happened, or I'm sorry, that occurred on the very popular Usenet news group, alt.fan.furry. Pun intended Uh, for conversation? No. Also, okay. can you spoil something for me? Where is Alex Jones? <laughs> on this Usenet. No, I don't, I don't even think he's started, like, radio he's, hosting at this he's point. He's out proselytizing to the frogs at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas! Hey, get back here! I'm talking to you! Come to Christ, not in each other! Hey! Stop it! Um, You'll get warts doing it that way! <laughs> They're still doing it froggy style. (laughs) And it's turning them all gay. (laughs) I'm trying to spread the word of doggy, and they are just bumping asses over here. I don't understand it. Damn chemicals in the water. Um, Let's see. The best record I can find was a conversation that occurred on the Usenet group alt.fan.furry, where most of the complaints regarding Conference 8 took place. All these allegations came from the comments of one person in particular named Monica. And we'll later see why she might not be the most neutral party to comment on conference. According to a conversation in that Usenet group, during conference 8, there was a police raid on a videotape seller who was allegedly selling copyright infringed bootleg movies. Uh, The person who mentioned the police raid... Monica also commented that many other sellers at the con could have had all their merchandise confiscated as most of it was pornographic in nature. Mm -hmm. Did this woman also have sex with the president? I almost added that as a, as a lie putting her last name as Lewinsky. Mm -hmm. Um, But I figured that would just be too obvious. Like I like, Mm -hmm. I like giving away lies, but uh, that, nah. And technically according to technicalities here, she didn't she did have not sex have sexual relations, yeah. That's mm-hmm. firmly with the thumb. With that president. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was also mention of a cabaret, uh, where several dancers were simulating sex acts through dance and that lap dances were common. In addition to the cabaret, we had the pet auction, an event that is still held in at least one or multiple conventions wherein individuals were auctioned off to the highest bidder as pets for some given time during the convention. Can I call bullshit on the cabaret? Cause what are they taking off? Very fair. They don't have to be full fursuits. I did. Uh, a, the oh, video. so it, the French like, woman. ears and a tail are plenty. I'm sure. Yeah. 
Yes, that is all you really need. If you're uh, unshaved, you can take part in the furry cabaret. Oh my god. Let's see here. Uh, these were primarily held to raise money for charity. Um, however, Monica was informed that some of the pets were bought with the expectation of consensual sex. So essentially, prostitution. No. Yeah. Here's where it gets more problematic. Monica also complained about the bi-slash-gay representation at the convention. Specifically, that it was out in the open. My thoughts Checks exactly. out. It's the 90s. Mm-hmm. Quote, We understand that the bi-slash-gay lifestyle is to be free and loving. It's fine to do what you want in the privacy of your own hotel room or home or any other personal space. But most of the public won't accept this in public areas if they think they or their kids are at some kind of risk. We aren't saying that anyone should abandon erotica. Just keep it out of sight of the kitties and the real, all caps, bigots. We, all caps, we, are not asking anyone to check their sexuality at the door, but to maintain a sense of decorum, decorum, and courtesy towards others. Decorum! Decorum! Decorum. For crying out loud... The Marines, all caps Marines, can manage that much. Oh my god. Yeah, so like I said, not the most neutral source. Um, Most of the subsequent discussion revolved around attempting to verify said allegations, particularly the police raid, and the amount of erotica visible to non-convention attendees. There was also discussion from Monica mentioning an article from the souvenir booklet that was passed out at the convention. Quote, One article was about furry music, and the author wrote down his ideas for good fury, because she spelled furry with one R, music. Some made me feel like a non-person. He was citing Nine Inch Nails, uh, their infamous furry song, where the leader declares his desire to fuck you like an animal. Then the writer stated, he also wants to feel you from the inside. (laughs) <laughs> Which only makes sense if the animal he is thinking of is male. Excuse me? What is he saying? Did someone miss their anatomy class? Or has he even seen a woman in the buff? I'm starting to feel very non-represented. Except when I see all the pinup art at the art show. Represented? <laughs> I, I, I misrepresented. I'm sorry. That right, was no, my was just, bad. It was your enthusiasm that carried you yeah. away there. It's I the... got excited by the non-representation. Is she claiming that you... Well, <laughs> so... so in, okay, she's claiming article, the other person did not grasp. Yes, okay, yes. So right, the I'm... person said, well, they want to fuck you like an animal and feel you from the inside. Well, obviously that means that the person you're fucking is a male. Apparently and she, she was doesn't like, do it doggy style. Yep, but Jesus that's what the guy Christ. was saying. So, so there you go. That actually is the explanation of why they were doing it doggy style because they were trying to recreate Nine Inch like Nails' is like song yeah. closer. Yeah, is Nine Inch Nails bullshit? No, that was true. Oh I wanted God. to add that part because this was like a long, long like explanation. It was like several pages long. I didn't want to include all of it, but I want to include the juicy bits. And that article about the Nine Inch Nails, I couldn't. Oh my God! Stop, juicy! Not those juicy bits. She was against the juicy bits. <laughs> she wanted the juicy bits apparent. kept in the privacy of your own hotel room and not in public in front of the kitties and the real. <laughs> I I don't okay. want to sound like that typical sort of uh, 
Uh-oh. help me male perspective here, but this sounds like somebody who got snubbed one too many times on the floor and decided to wreck everybody else's good time. I think, she she I complained mean, a lot about that as well, saying that like there's a lot of gay and and bi you know art and media out there, but like what I I feel like a non person out here. I should she be was more like, represented. Represented. Keep it away from the bigots, and she's like, actually, I'm bigots. Keep it yeah. away from me. <laughs> yes. we gotta we gotta protect the furry fandom from the real bigots. <laughs> Big, bigots, if true. Yeah. Uh, I quote Monica several times so we can get an idea for the schism within the furry fandom. Here we have fans wishing to censor aspects of the furry fandom they don't agree with, trying to make a fandom that has always been repressed by those outside of it into a fandom equally repressed from the inside as well. (sighs) Because apparently I just feel like having all of my sections uh, be musical references. Um, I fell into a burning ring of fur. (laughs) <laughs> might want to speak Michael. to a physician <laughs> yikes as i mentioned this division had been growing for years accelerated by the more popular conventions like conference it finally boiled over in 1998 with the founding of the burned furs uh by squee rat and eric blumrich squee <laughs> squaw squaw um, according to their mission statement, anthropomorphic fandom is being overrun by sexually dysfunctional, socially stunted, and creatively bankrupt hacks and pervs. Hey! <laughs> we have names. Who was the group composed of, you may ask? In the words of Squee... God, I got so excited about Squee. Squee! Squee! In the words of Squee Rat, it was, quote... Furs who have spoken up against fandom perversion and been burned at the stake for it. That is why it's burned furs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Squee Rat had a lot to say concerning fandom perversion. In fact, in leading up to the founding of the burned furs, Squee had written a sort of manifesto, which has since been called This Sorted Little Business, or... Easy squeezy. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's a pun. Um, the Ferd yeah, Reich Manifesto. That's bullshit. No, that's true. That's what detractors call her manifesto. <laughs> I felt it encompassed not just the burn fur mentality, but the mentality of those outside the fandom itself. I won't read it here, but if you all would like... I can read it in an after dark. I'm good. It gets pretty spicy. (laughs) I'm Referring to different subcultures within the fandom and shitting on them all. Uh, There's talk of plushophiles, lifestylers, spirit animals, and a most interesting rant on veganism. The Ferd Reich Manifesto, as I like to call it, is a fairly apt description, I'm sorry, fairly apt depiction of what I found to be the beliefs of the burnt fur movement. The group was often accused of wanting to impose some sort of anti-sexual vision on the rest of the fandom, despite many members of the organization being creators of furry erotica, with various members of the group being intolerant of gays, Christian furs, obscure fetishes, and or erotic artwork. Christian furs? Yes, Christian furs are exactly what you're thinking of. Yeah, it is their furries that identify as Christian. 
There are a lot of subcultures that are similar to this, such as the furry Jews and Muslim furs subcultures. Their words, not mine. Their titles, not mine. Essentially, if you can think of a political or religious affiliation, then there is a furry subculture of it. The uh, best, I, I'm like furry very Republicans. Incredulous. Yeah, they're I, called conferatives. <clears throat> I looked it up. No. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah, no. and they're yeah. part of the Confederate Union. <laughs> Speak, kind of, not really speaking of the best example I can think of are the Nazi furs. No. A furry community that, according to Wikifur, quote, uh. harbors an interest in World War II era social slash political paramilitary Germany. So they all dress up as German shepherds? Bless, In a way. Bless your heart. Oh, <laughs> We'll wow. go with that. We'll go with that. I that will say that their arm man isn't the swastika. It's actually a, um, I think. A, Is it a pastica? No. <laughs> it, it's a pop. It's a pop, yeah. <laughs> All the I'm, color scheme is the color scheme is still there, but it's it's a it's a paw instead of a swastika. I'm not gonna um, let Michael stomp out your bit. <laughs> I want you to think long and hard. I about a I hate myself for that. Please kill me Pastica. now. Pastica. When you first said that, I thought you meant like pasta, and that you were just like me and you mispronounced it. But oh, then she I, mispronounced pot sticker. Yeah, <laughs> it actually is a pot sticker in the armband instead. Mm, um, Chinese. On the other side, we also have the Soviet furs. Soviet. I don't know why I said that wrong. Soviet <laughs> furs, which, quote, harbor an interest in Soviet era Russia and East Germany for historical, militaristic, strategic, living history, reenactment, culture, language, artistic, and my favorite, fetish reasons. Why did you just turn into Max Headroom, boy? What? Okay. I, I, I don't. Outdated reference. Moving on. Okay. Um, hell, there is even a group called the Cult of Furs, a group of furries who bond over being part of one or more religious cults. Burned furs are generally intolerant of persons promoting their unusual kinks via the media, uh, which can give the appearance of representing the furry community as a whole. In, more, in my opinion, this is more of an indictment on the media than those subcultures. Just as I mentioned in the first episode, misrepresenting or overgeneralizing a group based on interactions of only a few people or interviews of only a few people is a failure of the journalist and not those being interviewed. Well, also, though, in defense of journalists, they realize what sells. And this story yes. that is more yeah. salacious is going to get people interested. You cannot have a feel-good story, pun not intended, about folks <laughs> in fur who just love and support one another. No one's going to give a fuck. It, yeah. Yeah, we slow right. down at car wrecks. We don't stop when people are hugging on the side of the road. Yeah. I was going <laughs> to say I would find that a little weird if there were just two people on the side of the road hugging and all that. But uh, We would be in a better world if it happened more frequently. Now kiss. True. At least if those people were vaccinated. <laughs> now kiss. And wearing masks. <laughs> Speaking of the media, the I actually, sorry, not to divert there, but there were two students in a study room making out with their masks on. No. Yeah. They cut little That's holes hot. out for the tongues. I, I, at that hot. point, I was like, it's not the equivalent of a condom, my friend, and that's not a dental dam either, so oh. you missed the point completely. I thought it was Sam for a second, and then I, I had to walk on 
<laughs> Bye. <laughs> Little boy. Hello. <laughs> Speaking of the media, the burned furs were mentioned in underground media articles published by Disinformation.com and the Philadelphia Weekly. Uh, Granted, Philadelphia Weekly published their article a good four years after the burned furs dissolved, but better late than never, I guess. Can we call bullshit on Disinform.com? Disinformation.com. Disinformation.com. And no, that is apparently true. I didn't type it in because I, I the source that I got said that it existed. And I didn't want to proof check it. Well, uh, let's hope that they are not prone to being litigious about copyright enforcement. Hey, we're disinformed, not disinformation. (laughs) I'm sure that they could still quibble that point with us, friend. Uh, Do it. Um, You won't. (laughs) Both articles centered around the sexual fetishes in the fandom and mentioned the burned furs as specifically opposed to them. The author of the Disinformation.com article, who concluded his article with the statement that the furry fandom truly has something for everyone to stare at with a peculiar mixture of horror and intrigue. Um, They later wrote an article for the Greenwich Village Gazette attacking burned fur member... Do it. Gazette? Greenwich? Greenwich. Greenwich. That's Greenwich, friend, but, you know, good good try. English. Well, it's, you know, their choice, not mine. Greenwich. Do you also pronounce it Connecticut? But that's only one E. It's green, which... Again, uh, They have crazy impediments over in Hoboken. God damn it. They don't talk right. Maybe the other one's talking right. You don't know. Fuck you. Anyway. Shut up, you fat fuck. (laughs) This author wrote another article for that paper okay. uh, attacking a specific burn for member scott malcolmson who i only added to this because he was apparently running for governor of arizona in the year 2000 excuse me under the reform party scott which malcolmson? I had, isn't that a character in south park <laughs> i have no idea he has diabetes the, <laughs> <laughs> i <laughs> scott malcolmson he apparently was a burn fur, and he was running for governor of Arizona in 2000 under the Reform Party, which I didn't know existed. Reform! Um, uh, which leads us to the next section, the one I am most proud of, Captain Amerifer, Civil Wolf. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Blow me. <laughs> As soon as the burn furs came into being, it was subjected to harsh criticism. No fucking duh. Uh, so much so that some of the opposition to the burn furs created a group called Freezing Furs in 1999, who considered burn fur a hate group who were seeking to rally support for a cleansing of the furry fandom by discounting and removing elements uh, which the Freezing Furs rightly believed had been part of it since the beginning. Their self-stated purposes were, quote, to put a stop to the burn fur line of thinking by starting a large support group and to open a real avenue of healing and image improvement for the furry fandom. Similar to the burn furs, the freezing furs use very forceful language. For example, it was claimed that the burn furs wished to, quote, put a bullet in the head of every zoophile, plushophile, lifestyler, 
anyone who is openly of an alternate sexuality, or anyone who doesn't think their views are the wholesome truth. Bullshit? No, that was true. They <laughs> Trigger warning? The, that, that was the kind of forceful language they used. So it wasn't like it was, it was not necessarily a gray versus gray, but black versus white, but the good side, air quotes, wasn't necessarily the nicest of people either the freezing <laughs> furs because they weren't bigoted that's what i'm saying so you have the burn furs that are like cleanse all the erotic aspects of the furry culture and then you have the freezing furs that were like no don't they're trying to kill the furry fandom as it is and they use just very angry language about it hmm. Similar to the burn furs, the... Oh, I already read that. Uh, it truly was a civil war within the community. Arguments frequently occurred on Usenet in the news groups alt.fan.fur... Fur, <laughs> I'm glad this was the first time I said that. Gone down um, the furry road, yes. The fury... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Arguments frequently occurred on Usenet in the news groups alt.fan.furry and alt.lifestyle.furry. Many left the fandom, feeling disillusioned from all the infighting. Several other groups came into being, specifically as neutral parties, like Furry Peace, who advocated inclusion, acceptance, and tolerance, and responsibility. I'm out of here, guys. I just wanted to dress like a fox and lick my friends. <laughs> and, yeah, exactly. I just, I just wanted to, you know, pretend to be a fox for a little bit. Because it helped me distress after a long day of getting shadowed. I'm renting so, it, yeah. <laughs> so what does the fox say? Bye-bye. Why is it doggy style? <laughs> There's one I'm, I'm giving it some air. I'm letting it breathe for a minute. One I can't. I gotta make it. I gotta kill it. Bury that in joke in a litter box. Yeah. Uh, this factionalism uh, spilled out into other aspects of the furry fandom. Conference, one of the final straws that uh, split the fandom in the first place, was one of the main battlefields. Attendance for conference decreased steadily, starting with 1999's Conference 10, uh, with less than 900 in attendance, uh, a decrease of over 400 from the prior year's Conference 9. Additionally, Mark Merlino, the prancing skill tear person, uh, founder of Conference, like I mentioned, stepped down after Conference 10, and a burn fur named Daryl X-Line was voted in as the new head of the convention. This led to several big-name burn furs uh, to claim that conference was now a burn fur convention. Many who believe that burn furs existed to kick all the degenerates out, their words, um, shied away from the convention altogether. Now, what was the voting body that brought this in, if you don't mind me asking? It didn't specify. I assume that the um, staff members of the convention, so the people that ran the convention voted for it, but okay. it also could have been that it was taken to a vote for the people attending the convention in general. Because, I mean, you imagine if it's that divisive, you would probably have had some sort of voting system in place. But, yeah, it, it might just be someone was appointed and had now, a hidden agenda. Speaking of hidden agenda, it at least one or a couple of sources mentioned that he came out as a burn fur after he was elected. That would okay, yeah, I was going to say cuz otherwise that seems a little incendiary to have an advocate for the other side and be like, "Okay, well, here you go." Yeah. We're throwing our allegiance that way. Mhm. Mm um 
And then in other sources, it didn't explicitly state it, so I wasn't sure okay. if he, yeah, if he came out before or after. Thank you for clarifying. I just mm-hmm. was. It seemed a little interesting. Yeah, no, it's a fair point, especially because Mark Merlino and how he ran the conference was one of the main inciting factors behind this schism. Uh, let's see here. Yes, uh, so many believe that the burned furs existed to kick all the de- de- kick all the degenerates out. Uh, uh, and they shied away from the convention altogether, leading to conference ending after conference 2003. They changed their naming scheme the previous year. So instead of it going 10, 11, 12, they went conference 2002, conference 2003, and then so um, yeah. they uh, pulled it off life support. Because the by old... then, they had minuscule numbers compared to the numbers they had even a couple years prior. I think they were at about 300 people. So significantly less and with these events were they all ages or was there only a certain age group that was allowed so there were sections that were 21 and over um but the cabaret (laughs) yeah um but in general it as far as i'm aware it could be of all ages um there's actually subcultures within the furry fandom uh specifically the gray muzzles which are furries that are on the older side. Um, mainly, I would assume that these furries are ones that were at the start of the furry fandom, or maybe they joined later on, but that is a subculture mm-hmm. within the furry fandom. Um, yeah, so it wasn't necessarily... They didn't give demographics, but I would say that there was no age restriction, um, except for, obviously, the pornographic materials were secluded off. Let's see here. Um, now, you're probably wondering who won the Civil War. <laughs> yeah, Michael, and who won the Civil War? The answer is neither. <laughs> the freezing furs disbanded in late 1990, and the burn furs faded into history uh, by around 2001. Uh, many people on both sides leaving the furry fandom altogether. Uh, however, to end on a good note regarding the Civil War and its effects on the fandom, mainstream media coverage of furries began to turn more positive, uh, focusing more on the publicly accessible fursuit parades and less on the erotic material being sold behind convention doors. Granted, it wasn't completely, you know, feel-good positive. It was more like, look at these people dressing up in fursuits. But I would say that that's definitely an improvement over, look at all these people that are dressing in fursuits and fucking each other. So, (laughs) I take that as a win children's um, show i hope not this is not made for children youtube um you see sort of this divide currently with a lot of things like uh fan fusion and and current cons that occur whether you have folks that wear some rather scintillating cosplay and we can get into a discussion about objectification and things like that but i'm sure there are plenty of parents who do not want to take their children to these events is they're there because they want them to look at comics or they're interested in thing, and then you have women walking around with some stuff that's just practically painted on them. It's an interesting divide that still exists that folks are trying to reconcile and not necessarily always in a peaceable fashion. Yeah, yeah. and that's also one of the main reasons why I think that neither side won the Civil War. Mm. Because there were a lot of people that end up ended up leaving the fandom altogether, in part because of the massive infighting, but also because the fact that there was still this pornographic 
subcurrent within the fan uh, within the fandom. Um, I would assume I would I would say that most likely, and this is me just spitballing here, that there were more safeguards to prevent the more lewd content getting out. But you do make a good point. I don't know if conventions or furry conventions in particular have dress code. I would say that based off of my uh, recollection of the um, fan fusion, that there are dress codes specifically for cosplay. Mm. Uh, So I would gather that there were also dress codes for furry conventions, but when those were put in place, I don't know. I was going to say also, I'm sure that was not on the bleeding edge, particularly if you have a place that has a bloody cabaret. I'm sure they're not particularly uh, concerned about whether folks are squeamish about nudity or touching, etc. initially from the onset. Yeah, and especially if it is within the convention and not out in public, Mm -hmm. then that's when you have that more private-esque, you know, expectation where, okay, the only people that are in here are purchasing, are physically purchasing these tickets so they know or at least have a general idea of what they're getting into or as opposed to a passerby that just sees a bunch of people in fursuits grinding on each other for a bunch of people <laughs> cheering, you know? That's or even better, sees a bunch of people in costume and goes, oh, this would be fun and walks in oh. and goes, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Why are those guys spitting into a bucket? Oh, God. Hey, Michael, uh, give me all your O's. I want those clips. Uh, okay. <laughs> that one, too. Uh... And that one. <laughs> Additionally, uh, the restriction and repression of LGBTQ plus members within the fandom died away and was replaced with acceptance. Uh, leading to more and more LGBTQ plus uh, to join the fandom, which is why the fandom has such a high representation to this day. This last section, I couldn't think of anything creative, so I just wrote the end question mark. Uh, with the increasing assess- I, I did it fucking again. The increasing accessibility of the internet and the rapidly increasing number of furry conventions in the 2000s and 2010s, the furry fandom uh, increasingly became more decentralized with various websites springing up, catering to specific interests of furries within the fandom and not to the furry fandom as a whole. DeviantArt is one such example. Mm -hmm. If you guys know of that website um, where individual artists can display their furry art for all to see and then accept commissions from furries, particularly interested in their work. I just well, conventions. I'm oh, sorry. My my brain just got broken because you know, like when your friend, like we're a pretty diverse group of friends as far as our interests. Like we all meet in the bi- middle rather well, but like there's like fringes of like your personality or hobbies where it's just like, oh yeah, they do X and X thing. You just don't process it. Mm-hmm. A gal that I worked with and I even lived with her for like two years. Her and her boyfriend. I think she's a furry. <laughs> nice. At least at least casually in the context of she did have a deviant art profile, and I remember that she was actually making money on the side because people would commission her to draw their characters as well or you know they had to me from the outside it just seemed like she was just like really into like faux D and D shit you know like mm-hmm. but yeah if that's what it takes then i think i think my friend was a was is a furry uh-huh yeah, and we it, also know that you've been with a woman in a cat suit <sighs> i feel and like to so, turn you on so you might technically be a closeted you as well furry. yeah i was mm-hmm. gonna say i feel like 2022 <laughs> is gonna be a rough year 
<laughs> he's gonna turn. He's gonna turn on his camera, join in the uh, the uh, call, and he's just gonna be in a full no. body fursuit. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what this reminds me of is I think we are you gonna steal. <laughs> I'm gonna steal Michael's bit here and uh, say that we are possibly going to have to sequelize a prior episode and call it Cat Suit Boogie 2 Electric <laughs> Boogaloo. <laughs> um, if I ever find that woman in the wild, I'll be like, hey, I'm married. I'm not interested at all. I need to interview you. Can you... <laughs> Did you come on our podcast? And then promptly... Hey, you came on me already. Yeah, but... And then promptly leave because I don't want you to have my address. But... <laughs> well, actually, no. We have Zoom. We can do it this way. What, do I, what the fuck am I thinking about? <laughs> What am I Bring your butt plugs. Yeah. <laughs> she can tell where you live just based off of the door and the painting and, and the fact that, well, you're you're covering your outside, so we can't see outside today. It, and this but. is going to crack John up because he's the only one who's going to get it. But I, I'm curious to know if you still just woke up like this. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> While conventions are still an important fixture in the fandom, uh, they don't play the centralized role that they had in the 90s and 2000s. Uh, this fandom is a perfect example of a community where people can pick and choose what parts of the fandom to enjoy and experience, which I think is the, the a perfect example. That's how fandom should be. Not that when you join a fandom, you have to engage with everything and every facet of it, and that if you don't, you should be excluded in some way, shape, or form, but it should be something that you enjoy, that you can engage with however you feel. Indeed. You can love somebody and not want to touch their dick. E- exactly. True. Um, now this isn't to say that the furry fandom is all sunshine and rainbows. Uh, there are plenty of situations where an old stereotypes would flare up and the furry fandom would be drugged through the mud again. Um, I was debating adding another section, uh, on the failure of Rainforest 2015. And yes, I said that correctly. Um, but I feel like that may, might make for a separate standalone episode if there's enough interest in it later on. I don't don't want to do a part three. We don't want to be dragged back into the <laughs> muck again. You can yeah. say that again. Um, but here is where I will end my coverage of the extremely convoluted history of the furry fandom. Woo! Yeah. I, I, thought, I thought you had one more sentence based on how you said that. <laughs> no. Here. <laughs> we're, we were right all here. waiting. Yeah. I, was uh, like, I, right thought, I was like, I thought there was a paragraph about to happen, but... Nope. Here's <laughs> where I went. <laughs> Much like your sex life. We don't know when this is over. Uh, where does it begin or where does it end oh jesus (laughs) i'm not crying yet so i think it's ongoing the michael story uh well dr michael praised you on the interwebs this week for uh your previous week's efforts and i think this week was infinitely more entertaining so kudos and well done uh what do we miss Oh, no stabs, John? I was going to say, any stabs? I know John just wants to know the answers and not have to try for it, but... Yeah, it was no good when they gave you the books in school that had the answers in the back. You know, it just ruined the whole thing for me. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You're like, ah, spoilers! I I want to uh, have a stab that the butt plug is in fact real. No, I already (laughs) No, the butt plug is a lie. Uh, it's always a lie. The butt plug is always a lie. Never believe the butt plug. It's a fake promise. <laughs> it's just a disappointment. 
any actual stabs instead of the so butt plug. It's a little hard to swallow. Well, yeah, it's a butt plug. Well, it's not a mouth doctor, plug. Doctor, I slipped and fell when I got out of the shower. I really don't know how that happened. So the butt plug went all the way in. I need assistance. There's also an eel up there, just in case you needed to know. Do androids dream? Of electric eels? Of electric butt plugs. Oh, that would have been a better title. Damn Do it. androids dream of electric eels? No stabs. So, so no actual stabs? Okay, cool. All right. Flow my tears, the Fieger said. So the first lie, I mentioned a, a man named Steve Galaxy. I think that's how I pronounce his last name. I said that he was an Air Force Ace pilot. Um, he wasn't an Air Force Ace pilot. He was in the Air Force, but he was a technical artist, which explains why he was able to draw these military technical like equipment. So you're saying if tanks, he was a pilot, he couldn't draw? Um, yeah. Oh, okay. Pilots can't draw. Yeah. They can fly. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Like an eagle? To, to the, the sea? Sea, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, when they do, the time well, keeps on slipping. I'm going to say he's <laughs> slipping. It's, uh, he's pretty fly for a white guy. Uh, then you got the Sandago mm. Comic Con. Um, You got the furry butt plug. You got the great furti- great furtish. Uh, you got that butt plug. Uh, yeah, let's. Uh, you got the great British fur con. Uh, let's see here. You got the multi-user chat room keeper. You almost got them all. Almost got them all. Uh, <laughs> if it wasn't for you and your pesky and butt pesky plugs, butt plugs. <laughs> gotta catch them all. And the dog do. Damn Digimon. Um, they prefer Do to you actually furries. have to catch all the Digimon no. as well? What's Digimon? What do you do with the Digimon? Well, they are the uh, champions. Cry. That's that's they're what the, I know about the Digimons. They're digital monsters, and their <laughs> their album monsters. for their first movie is banging. <laughs> is one of them your stepchild? No, she's not one of the Digi Digi destined. Fuck. Oh, she's. As of right now, she's a uh, she's a digital True. monster. <laughs> she can purchase anything she well, wants. Not in this economy. So, uh, the yeah, that was the last lie. Okay, yeet. yeet. Um, yeet. So I Skirt. mentioned a yeet. I mentioned yeet. I mentioned a subculture called the Cult of Furs, where it was a group of of furries that are from various religious cults. That that was a lie. The Nazi furs and the Soviet furs, all true. Uh, there's no group. That is what, what? I called bullshit no, on, didn't. though, Michael. When? He did. I, I was like, they can't be re- like religious furs are true. ridiculous. I was like, there's no way. And you're like, that's, <laughs> that's what? Then what the fuck is the cult of furs, Michael? I thought you Michael? were talking about the Christian furs. You called bullshit like way before I mentioned the cult of furs. Because you're like, Christian furs? Aren't they the same thing? I get. Okay. All right. That's fine. I guess. Fine. I mean, technically, you're right. I didn't call it when you called it, but then you basically did the same thing. All right. Fine. Fine. That that counts. Then I know. I will take that. I didn't get it. I'm just very confused. I don't consider cults to be religions. I'm sorry. That's my own bias. I, I. consider most religions well, to be cults. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so, all uh, squares are parallelograms, but not all parallelograms are squares. 
Well, you would know. Because I am one. A parallelogram. <laughs> um, uh, also, sorry. Oh, ahead, no, that, sorry. The, the cult of furs was a lie. That's all I was going to say. Um, I was trying to look up, as I've been doing for the past couple of weeks, like random shit. So I was looking up the Digimon like to find their taglines. And it didn't really pull up anything but a slogan gener- generator. And the first one's, if you can't beat Digimon, join Digimon. Step into the Digimon. <laughs> you can't top a Digimon. Not with that attitude. <laughs> there's first. Why love, is it doggy and there's style? There's Digimon love. <laughs> Why is it Digimon style? <laughs> gonna, I mean, okay. I, I can top a Digimon. I top from the bottom. <laughs> gonna be a while. Grab a Digimon. <laughs> <laughs> Hungry? Good. <laughs> Why wait? Yeah. Good Digimon has Danish written all over it. You're not a Digimon when you're hungry. <laughs> a day without Digimon is like a day without sunshine. <laughs> a Digimon a day keeps the monsters away? <laughs> I just, every time I hear that word, I want to hear it in a Jamaican accent. <laughs> That's offensive. You gotta go and find all the Digimons. <laughs> You're going to take them out in the sunshine. You're going to give them all the good Digimon. Uh. Serve them on a toast. <laughs> okay. Jamaica jerk Digimon. It's very spicy. I'd try that. Like a good Jamaican jerk chicken, yeah. Well, uh, uh, Michael, you can't oh. have it. You can't have jerk Digimon. That makes me sad. Not in this no, economy. You're right. There's no There's way. There's no way. No. There's no end. Yeah, how did we get bit. stuck in an Applejacks commercial? Small bow. <laughs> I am Digimon. <laughs> you know, you can have an Applejack ice cream cone or milkshake uh-huh. if you go to Wiener Schnitzel right now. <laughs> We're not sponsored by them at all because we can't no. get wieners on this podcast. But uh, yeah, I, Melissa and I went through their drive-thru last night. And I was like, ooh, Applejack ice cream cone. So, so- how was it? I didn't have one. He's like, I'm not gonna try desperately that shit. trying to cut down on sugar. Oh, trust me, I I wanted it, I but I it. I'm trying to make better decisions Put in my your life. Body. I need it. I'm not Sam. I'm not just gonna eat every fly by night gimmick bit of bullshit that I see on a sign. <laughs> now would be a really great time for you to pull out the uh, the taquito that you got from QT. <laughs> You know that Kung Pao taquito, I mean, and just take I still a ate a digi, <laughs> I ate a Digimon <laughs> chili dog. Wait, but <laughs> nothing. You guys have heard Digimon. about the new Arby's sandwich that's coming out? That's supposed to be so spicy that they give you a twelve ounce milkshake with the sandwich. I heard of that. Um, I'm very excited. <laughs> Are you gonna? You're I gonna thought they it? had the meat. Well, they also have the and the sweats milks. They have the meat and the sweats. That's mm. nice. That's very. That's that's how I like to approach yeah. eating food. Yeah. Those dreaded meat, meat sweats. sweats yeah, that's just the pants I put on before we go I'm through the drive-through. I got my meat sweats on. I'm ready to sweats. go. <laughs> <laughs> but why are we doing a doggy style <laughs> to get them meat sweats? Well, we are at Wiener Schnitzel. It's appropriate here. Talking about sweats, though, Courtney, you guys feeling um, all right over there? I mean, if I she only coughed up half a lung during this episode. If I have to go get swabbed one more time, I swear to God, gonna lose it. Um, Why is it a doggy style? Well, you know, we were talking about that this morning. Like, (laughs) you know, it could have been a rectal swab, so I guess we can be thankful for that. 
Uh, we feel mostly that, okay. That it's still thing. clearing out. Like I'm sure you can hear a little bit the longer I talk, but we have survived COVID again for like the third time. Congrats! Nice, well done. As as long as it's not a urethral swab, <laughs> I'll be fine. But here's uh, <laughs> hoping. Indeed, excited. you can test me. Well, every as day. of right now, I. <laughs> <laughs> The sound and the fury, William Fuckner, yes. I think I had an exposure. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, woo. He walks up to a testing station, dick out and everything. (laughs) You've got an exposure now, yeah. You know what is so funny, though, is there is like a certain sense of shame going up and getting tested as many times as we have this week because it's the same guy there every single time because we go to the same (laughs) testing site and he's like, you guys have been here before. And we're like, yeah. At least you're not on a first name basis with him yet. Uh oh. We make poor decisions. <laughs> I had a quick trip to Keto before I came here. Oh my god. <sighs> okay. Well, uh thank you, Michael, for yeah. those wonderful lies. They were delightful. I loved everyone. And thank you for your Digimon. Gotta catch them all. No. I'll say not not only on Courtney's behalf, but I will thank you for the sheer volume of phlegm that has been dedicated to this show for the past couple weeks. I'm sure it was delightful for you to edit. It was through, oh, it so. was fun. Sorry, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> well, you do, and you will clean it up. But uh, I will also make a promise to all of you now that I, I hopefully have gotten it out of my system. I will put a moratorium <laughs> on the doggy style joke. I don't forward, fucking I, believe you. I will. No, I, I'm a we'll man of my word. The chunking. I will. No chunking. Would you say that Indeed. you're putting it behind you? <laughs> <laughs> Can you, in fact, back that ass up? <laughs> I've told that story before on this show, have I, I not? It sounds very familiar. It has a rant. <laughs> I've told you personally, yeah. I know that you've been present for it, but yeah, I don't know whether we've committed it to celluloid or not. So take us out. I I was in the midst of what we will call carnal passions with a woman at one point, and uh, we we elected to change up our positions, and the recommendation was to, in fact, <laughs> do it doggy style. <laughs> I asked why, but nothing was clarified. (laughs) But she flipped over and she was like a foot and a half away from me. And I was trying to find the best. And you're kind of lost in your thoughts at those moments anyway. You're a little distracted. There's a lot going on. There were, you know, pulleys and levers and animals I needed to maintain. But uh, in the midst of the activity, I was like, how do I... Because I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not reaching, and I, I'm not going anywhere. So I'm, so at that point, I said, "Do you want to possibly <laughs> back that ass up?" <laughs> we, we had a slight cessation of the activity from that point forward. It was, uh, much laughter was had, merriment and joy ensued. And then right but, back to the yeah, sadness. That, and then she got yeah, hit I, by uh, a car on her way home and <laughs> <laughs> never heard from her again. Crushed her on impact. She's gone. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I was with this person for a while, and uh, I never lived that down. It was routinely. Anytime anybody ever said, back that ass up, I ought to, she'd like slow turn, <laughs> look at me, and I'm like, fuck, I, I know. And that's why Shane doesn't go to hip-hop shows anymore. Yeah, yeah. It was the most Caucasian way to say that phrase, too. It wasn't like, I, I was like, do you want to possibly back that ass up? <laughs> Bitches ain't shit. Am I In right? fact, they are they not. Need. They currently are tripping. I ball so hard, motherfuckers want to find me. But first. No. Well, they want to find me, but first they must find me. I'm going to skate to one song and one song only. Okay. <laughs> That's right. I, I can listen to Kanye. I'll allow it. It's successful. <laughs> Jay-Z's on that track. It's beautiful. Anyway, ladies and germaphobes, as always, we're delighted to have you here, doggy style or no. And we hope that you've enjoyed every position available to you, including fur or not furred, frozen, flash fried, or burnt to a crisp. But uh, naturally, you can find us on all your preferred podcast platforms. If you're not subscribed already, what's wrong with you? It's 2022. We can't deal with commitment issues at this point. There's too much shit going on. So just dive in. Press the button. Uh, also, to John's point, if you go to Spotify, tell us how delightfully we're doing every single episode. Give us that, that five star. You know what? <laughs> wow. You fucking... Former do podcaster, right John. Do, do right that. Now. It's a good instruction. And uh, by the way, if you're listening to this on YouTube, I see you, Jess. Uh, go ahead and smash that like button because Michael would be very happy. And uh, of course, you can also find us on all of your preferred socials as well. The links are in the link tree below in the show notes. So you can find out everything there along with Michael's 54 fucking sources for this pair of episodes. Delightful time for all involved parties. But uh, we're going to finally yeet ourselves out of this show. Start. But uh, I want to remind all of you, please just keep on chunking. And for the Disinformed Podcast this wonderful week, I am Shane. I'm John. I'm Michael. I'm Courtney. And I guess they can't see the head. No. Yeah, the I, head, I don't uh, know why. Yeah. I don't know why I followed your. Yeah, it's uh, auditory media. I think I, 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 I whip my head because it makes Michael chuckle every time. And then I have to do it, and then I just make a fool out of myself <laughs> like I usually do. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. you were saying uh, zippity zoop, we're out of here. Doggy style. <laughs>